teaching ministry of Pastor Jay Everly. Get ready to be empowered through the understanding of God's Word. We're here in the book of Romans, the 12th chapter. I want you to read with me, starting in verse number 1. Read it out loud with me. If you brought King James, I don't know, maybe you brought a different translation. But if you brought King James, let's read out loud here. Romans 12, verses 1. We're going down through verses uh, 2 and 3. It says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. Praise the Lord. I want to start talking to you this morning on the subject of faith. I just can't get enough of this. This subject has been something I've studied and heard ministering on and preached on myself for years. But I just get excited about it whenever the Spirit of God starts stirring me up, reminding me of truths. I keep thinking, my goodness, I need to act on that. Amen. When I've been acting on it, but I need to act on it like it's really true, you know. Amen. But um, I want to get into this and primarily just talk to you about some things the Lord has shared with me over the years about the subject of faith. Now, why is it important? It's important because the just shall live by faith. We're not living by hope. We're not living by a wish. We're not living by uh, just a desire. We're living by faith. We don't hope to go to heaven. I mean, in the, in the natural sense of the word, just wishing it like we hope it doesn't rain or snow. We're not just desiring to go to heaven, though we might be desiring it, but it's much more sure than that. It's, uh, we're confident of certain things that God will do and we will receive because of the faith that we have. And here it says, whenever we were saved, God dealt to us a ma the measure. He called it the measure of faith. So if we're born again, we have the measure of faith. Tell your neighbor, did you know, did you know? if you've received Jesus, he came with everything he has. And that includes faith. Amen. So he came to you and he brought, he has given you a measure of faith. Amen. Isn't that right? Uh, we could read a number of different verses. We've shared on that a number of different times. But it says here that, uh, that God has dealt to us the measure of faith. Well, um, you know, what we do with that now is up to us. But God is just. He didn't give me more than you or you more than me or, or us more than somebody else, somebody else more than us. He dealt to all of us the measure. The way he states it, it seems to me as if he's dealt it all the same. I mean, he would be unjust to deal with more to me than he did to you. And so we all start out, let's put it that way, with the same measure of faith. Well, then what we do with it determines whether we ever increase that or ever uh, develop it or we ever get any more, you might say. But God's got us started. He's an equal opportunity God. Amen. But over in 2 Thessalonians, without turning there, you can just listen here. We've got some things I want to share before we jump into Romans again. But it says in 2 Thessalonians 1, verse 3, it says that your faith, amongst other things, he said your faith groweth exceedingly. Amen. 
So we have been dealt the measure of faith, but we know now from that verse that our faith can grow. Amen. We don't have to stay at the measure we got when we got born again. That's right. You know, thank God for a baby comes, you know, into a family. The baby has hands. The baby has everything that it will ever have in life as far as its physical makeup and all of that. But um, that, that those hands, will, they'll grow. They'll, they'll be able to. And uh, first of all, the baby recognizes they have a hand. You know, for a while, they don't recognize it. Bonk, you know, it's just. But after a while, they're like, hey. And then after a while, they realize, hey, I can use that to pick up, you know, dirt and put it in my mouth. And I can. <laughs> <laughs> you know how they yeah. begin to discover, hey, I got legs. And yeah. then they start pulling their toe up and sucking on, I got a toe, you know. And <laughs> they, they discover that they have something yeah. and then they begin to develop it. Yes. So the first thing for believers is that they need to understand, hey, I have faith. Yeah. Amongst a lot of other things, we have the love of God shed abroad in our heart. We have the peace of God that passes all understanding, all those things, thank God for it. We're a rich people. Yeah. You know, I was thinking this week, we're the happiest people on the earth. We have more fun than anybody else has on the earth. And we don't have to be sinning to do it, you know. <laughs> we got the joy of the Lord, which is our strength. So whenever Jesus came into our life, he brought everything that he has. And one of the things he brought was the measure of faith. So he got us started. Now we've got to learn to recognize that, that we have faith. We need to learn to locate it and we need to learn to begin to develop it. How do you develop it? Number one, feed it. Number two, exercise it. That's the way that baby develops all its physical makeup, feeding it and then, and then exercising it. And then they, you know, eventually they grow up and they become, you know, strong and so forth and so on. But notice here, I want you to... Um, Notice this, God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. Um, there, there is, that tells us then that faith can be measured. Um, for example, you, you, uh, if you're putting out a, or you're baking something or making a cake or something like that, you, you put things in, you put ingredients in by, by degree, by sub, in other, in other words, by, uh, by, what am I looking for? By measure. In other words, you don't have, you might say, I like sugar. So I'm just because I like sugar, I'm going to put in twice as much. Well, it's not going to taste right. right. That's right. Isn't that right? Yeah. The dogs are going to get it or, yeah. you know, one, your favorite pastor is going to get it, which I hope it isn't me. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know, pastors have a little thing they do whenever somebody gives them something they don't like. And then, and then the person comes and asks, how was so -and -so? the so-and-so? Uh, we just, we name our trash can spot and we just say, hit the spot. <laughs> So if I, I can't use that one on you no more. <laughs> By the way, I don't know who gave us that uh, pumpkin bread, but that was good. It was, and uh, there was something else, other kind of bread you gave us. You didn't even tell us who you were. I have a verse for you. Go, everybody else, go and do thou likewise. Anyway, we'll stop that and get back to the word here. Um, God dealt to you the measure. Well, that tells you that, that faith is a substance because it can be measured. And the Bible says faith is the substance of things hoped for. So it is a spiritual substance. And you can increase it. You can decrease it. You can uh, grow it. You can, the Bible talks about strong faith, talks about weak faith. It talks about growing faith and, and uh, you know, all those kinds of things. So faith is by degree and it can develop. So we want to learn to develop it. And we don't want to just, uh, you know, like we're baking a cake or something, we put the right uh, ingredients in, but not just the right ingredients, we put in the right amounts of ingredients. 
because you get off the, the wrong amounts and it's not going to turn out right. That's right. Yeah. So measure matters, doesn't it? Yes. Yes. And it's also true that it's not just enough for you to have faith, but certain circumstances of life require more faith than others. Uh, years ago, we were driving, before we started flying in traveling ministry, we were driving from one church to another, going to minister to the next church. And I'll never forget, we prayed in tongues for a while on our, in the car while we were driving. And up out of my spirit came this term, and this is where these services, this service, I don't know if we'll get into this next week or not, but this is where this came from. Up out of my spirit came these words. I never heard them in my life and uh, never thought about it in this term, the way God puts something. But he's, uh, up out of my spirit came these words. We were driving to Newark, Ohio to preach there. And we were getting close to town, and up out of my spirit came these words. I had Pastor Debbie write them down so I wouldn't forget them. The Spirit of God said this. He said, faith is the only currency in the kingdom of heaven that's legal tender. He said, it's the only thing that God honors in exchange for goods and services. <laughs> I mean, it just came out so, it's much more eloquent than this farm boy can speak. You know what I'm talking about? It was by the Holy Ghost. Faith, let me say it again. Faith is the only currency in the kingdom of heaven that's legal tender. Amen. Sure wish I could see more of you writing that down because this will grow on you. The more you listen to what I'm going to share, it will grow on you. Faith is the only currency in the kingdom of heaven that is legal tender. It's the only thing God honors in exchange for goods and services. You know, in our system, we have a monetary system that we, you know, if we need the oil change, then we have to give a certain degree of money to the company, the, 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 you know, the shop that's changing the oil. If we need groceries, we have to bring legal tender. We have to bring currency. We have to bring enough currency to buy the amount of groceries that we're wanting to get and so forth and so on. Isn't that right? And the Spirit of God, in that uh, statement that came up out of my spirit after praying in tongues, illustrated the way we use money as an illustration of how faith works. And I thought that was very interesting. And the more I've meditated on that over the years, the more that truth has grown to me. And you can see that here in Hebrews 12, 3, that we have a measure, but faith is measurable and measure matters. In other words, we don't just bring faith to a situation. We have to bring the right measure to the, of faith to a situation. Any given situation, it calls for a measure of faith. Some things call for a greater measure. Well, if we've developed, then we'll be ready for things that are greater. But if we've not, we've been lazy. We've been sloughing off like we used to say in Pennsylvania. We've been, uh, you know, just goofing off. Come time we need faith, well, then we're not going to be ready for it. Or we need a certain measure. We're not going to be ready because we haven't been developing it. But the Lord gave me an illustration, and, and this, I think it's scriptural because the Bible over there in First Peter, it talks about uh, the trial of your faith is much more precious than of gold that perishes. Gold back then was a currency, you know. They, they minted coins out of gold and silver and so forth. So he used, he said, faith is a currency in the kingdom of heaven. Really is what First Peter is trying to tell us. It is the currency. In other words, it's what we must give to God in exchange for goods and services. In other words, there are certain things that aren't going to get us anything from God. Like just wishing it won't get you anything from God. That'd be like going into the grocery store, you know, pushing your cart through all the aisles and getting everything you need, and you got a cart full of groceries, and you go up there and they'll, they'll say, uh, that'll be, uh, 
you whatever, $94.72, and you get out. You say, well, let's see here. Um, I got some old rusty hubcaps, and you, and you lay them up there, and they're looking at you thinking, that's not legal tender. Well, I got some leftover two-by-fours building my barn. Here, here's some two-by-fours. That's not legal tender. Well, I got some nails left over from my building. Here's some nails. There are certain things that are not legal tender. Isn't that right? They don't honor that in exchange for the groceries. Well, see, some folks are bringing things to God that he does not honor in exchange. Like salvation all over the world. People are bringing good works to God, trying to get saved by their good works. That's not legal tender to God. That's, he does not honor that in exchange for salvation. Am I making sense? So there's only certain things that are legal tender that, that God honors, and we have to bring to him what he honors. The Bible says without faith it's impossible to please him. So just good works, just uh, wishing for something, just desire for something, just hoping for something doesn't get us anything from God in the natural sense of hope, you know. Well, um, then we've got to recognize this, that we, we don't just, uh, God used, that used money in that little statement that he gave me, that uh, money is an illustration, the way we use money in our system is an illustration of the way faith must be used in the kingdom of God. To get what we need, we need to give God something that he's looking for. No, you don't earn it. Uh, you, you must just simply give him what he's looking for. And really, he's not giving you something, or you're not giving him something he didn't just give you to give him. He's the source of it. He's the author of it. Came from him. He's just asking you to use it for, for receiving. That's why he gave it to you, so you could receive some things. He wants you to receive. A lot of folks are, are giving God things that aren't really legal tender. Amen. Now, when I saw that, when the Lord said faith is the uh, only currency in the kingdom of heaven that's legal tender, and how that God was using the way we use our monetary system to illustrate the way faith works, a lot of things started making sense to me regarding faith that didn't used to make sense to me. For example, you look in your wallet, if you've got bills in there, the bill will say on the corners how much it's worth. It'll be a $1 bill, a ten, well, $5 bill, $10 bill, you know, all the way up to hundreds. I think there's actually bigger bills in circulation, they say, but I've never seen one. I guess the banks don't put them out or something. I don't know. I'd like to get one. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, the point is they all have value. Those numbers are, you know, really it probably doesn't cost them a lot more to make the $100 bills than it does the $1 bills. Oh, they do have more security of things in the hundreds, and I guess in a little bit, it'd be a little bit more. But you understand, it's just the, the value placed on it that really makes it valuable. It is a measure. The numbers just give it a value. It gives it measure. So if you need to buy groceries, that's going to be a certain measure. You might buy that in tens, twenties, or whatever, you know, maybe a hundred, whatever. But if you go to buy a car, you're not going to be buying that with ones, tens, and twenties. You need bigger measures. Isn't that right? And God's trying to tell us, that really from this study, we're going to look at this this morning, is that faith must be, the right measure of faith must be brought to each situation in life. Every situation calls for a certain measure. Also true, like it is concerning money, that you can go beyond your measure. You can buy things beyond your measure in the natural world on credit cards and things like that. And if you're not careful, you could start going in the hole, bouncing checks or going bankrupt. 
Amen. The bank's sending you notices. Well, then you can do the same thing with faith. You can go beyond your measure of faith or the, 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 the develop, how much you've developed your faith. You can go beyond that and get in trouble and fail to receive from God. People do that and then they accuse God. Well, see, I tried that faith business and it doesn't work. Well, no, you went beyond your measure and it didn't work. Just like going beyond your degree of income, spending more money that's coming in, you're going in the hole every month, you're going to get in trouble. Isn't that right? You're going to eventually go bankrupt. And, and Christians sometimes are getting nothing from, but, but bank notices from heaven saying, overdrawn, overdrawn. You know, when people are worrying and fretting, that's an indication they've gotten bank notices from heaven, overdrawn. They're out beyond their faith. <laughs> you understand what I'm talking about? So we're going to share on this this morning a little bit. Hope you got your ears on because we're not going to, we're, we're just going to shuck the corn. Amen. So if you go beyond your faith, you'll also fail in faith. Just like if you go beyond your income, you'll fail in, in, in monetary things. So praise God, we must be sober. Notice what he said, verse 3. No, he said not to think more highly than he ought to think, but to think sober, soberly, according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. So we must know, here's how you be sober uh, about your measure or about your faith. You must know where you're at in faith Amen. and not go beyond that. You see, somebody, uh, and people do it for various reasons, but uh, somebody who's spending more money than they have, they're not being sober about where they are financially. Sometimes people do it because they're trying to keep up with the Joneses. They're trying to look more, they're trying to look better than they, you know, or look richer than they really are. They're driving something they can't pay for. They're wearing something they haven't paid for. They're, you know what I'm talking about. And uh, they're not sober about where they are financially. And that gets them in trouble. Well, the same thing true about faith. You have to be sober about where you are and not go beyond your measure of faith. Somebody said, how do I locate where I am in faith? Well, just don't leave before the end of the service and we'll tell you where you are. Amen. So you have to know your measure. Don't try to spend what you don't have, so to speak. Because there, the faith you have is by degree. It's by measure. You don't have an endless faith. That's right, that's right. In other words, take financially, for example. Again, the Lord said it's like currency in your system. So I, so I started understanding all these things about our currency system and how it applies to faith and helps me understand my, my faith walk. Yeah. Like, for example, if I have, uh, you know, $1,000 in the bank, and I make the house payment, and it's, it's $970, and I go buy a shirt, and it's $30. Yeah then I no longer have any faith. Isn't that right? So I've spent what I have because I have money in measure. I don't have a limitless supply of money. Right? So I have what, I've spent what I have. I'm not encouraging you to spend everything you have, but you understand. I've spent what I have, and now I, I can't automatically go to my checkbook, and my checkbook will replenish itself automatically, and I have another thousand to spend wherever I want to. It doesn't work that way. In other words, I only have a measure, so I have to work with the measure I have. Same thing true with your faith. Don't be spending up all your faith on useless, fruitless things that you don't have what you need for the real important things in life. Amen. Because if I spend all that I have in financial matters, that money is no longer available to spend on other things. Same true with faith. If I spend all my faith on just getting things that I want, yeah. 
then I have no faith to bring to the plan of God for my life. I have no faith to bring to supply somebody else. Amen. You still there? You're going home. So, in other words, your money is not a, in the natural. You don't have a limitless supply of money. Isn't that right? You have a measure. Same thing true with faith. You can't just be spending it to the max all the time and going beyond your limit, your, your measure. Amen. Now, let, I'll explain that in a few minutes. You should be, you should be using what you have faith, in faith to keep developing it. But don't go beyond your your measure. Here's an illustration the way, the way it, it comes to me sometimes is that, for example, I have muscles in my arm and I can exercise those muscles within a certain limit and they'll keep getting stronger. But if I exercise beyond the degree of strength in my arm, I'll damage my arm. I'll damage my muscles. Like if I can, whatever, I don't know what the, I haven't done it lately, but if, if I can lift something with this arm, let's say 50 pounds, I don't know. That's a, that's a guess. I, maybe that's bad. Maybe that's good. I don't know. Matt would tell me. You're good. Okay. All right. So if I can take 50 pounds and just do that with it, I can probably do more than that. More than likely. I just haven't done it for so long, I don't know. But anyway, I'm not a wimp. Come on now. <laughs> but anyway, if I can do 50 pounds with that, but, and that's the limit of, this, of the degree of strength in this muscle, then if I grab 150 and I try it, I'm going to damage this arm. Isn't that right? So we must exercise within our measure, but not beyond our measure. You following me? So that's the way it is financially, but that's also the way it is with faith. Exercise within your measure, but not beyond your measure. Amen. So with faith, you have it by measure, and you use what, what you have, with, and, and, and without doing something to get more, you're not going to be able to do anything else. Financially or in the faith realm. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. If you're using up all you have, you're going to have to do something to get more financially. Or you're going to start getting in trouble. Same thing true with faith. If you're using up all the faith you have, you're going to have to do something to get more. You're going to start running into trouble. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word. Amen. So uh, do, do what keeps bringing faith and then you'll keep increasing. You'll have an ever-increasing faith. Praise God. You know in life you'll receive what you believe for and what you have faith for and nothing more. Did you know that? It's not, well, God can do. I hear people say sometimes, well, God can do anything. Let's believe God. And the, and the implication they gave there is because God can do anything, we can believe God for anything. But there's a difference between what God can do and you can believe for. That's good. Yeah, yeah, that's good. And God doesn't even ask you to go beyond what you can believe for. And we'll get to that in a few moments as well. Hope you're all going to stay here for a while. No, I'm just kidding. We won't go long. But what we've got to recognize is you receive in life what you have faith for. Amen. Amen. Yes, God can do anything, but it's your faith that receives. You'll receive according to your measure of faith, not according to what God can do. Sometimes people say, well, I'm going to believe God not to have an operation. Well, why are you going to do that? Well, because, you know, I don't want to have an operation. Well, hold on here a minute. Just because you don't want to have an operation doesn't mean you have the faith for it. That's right. That's good, Pastor. 
Not wanting to have the operation doesn't equal having faith for it. I mean, having faith not to get the operation. See, people, they, they try to use their faith. They act like just because they have faith, it doesn't matter their development of it at all. I mean, but, but that is important if you think about it in monetary effects. Amen. So you can't go beyond what you have faith for. If you don't have faith to, to receive without having an operation, then back up. Where can you have faith for? And we'll talk about in a few minutes how to know where you are. But maybe you can get on some medication and uh, take some time and feed your faith and then get off of the medication and be, be okay without the medication. You understand? You have to, you, you know, it's not... Uh, unbelief to have an operation or to go on medication. Sometimes people think it's an either or thing. Is that I either have to believe God or else I have to go on the medicine or take it, have an operation or something. No, you can actually use your faith. You can go on medication and start using the faith you have, which might not be getting you anything because it's not enough yet. But you can start feeding it and exercising it. You ever seen you ever seen little eagles? You know they're getting they're growing up in the nest, and they're of course first of all they're just fuzz. That's all they have. And then they start getting uh, you know uh, feathers on their wings. You ever seen them standing up in the nest and they're they're standing there they're flapping and they're, eventually they even jump up in the air and flap for a while. But they always look for the nest to come back down on. Isn't that right? What are they doing? They're exercising for what they're getting ready to do. Isn't that right? And that's what you need to do. If you're, if you're not there where you can receive without having medication, then at least, if, take, take the medication, of course, but then at least don't just sit there with these, with these wings that you can fly with and just let them hang down. There you go. Come on. That's good. That's good. At least, okay, take the medication and start, and start yeah, feeding. Okay, here comes, here comes Pastor. Ah, yeah. yeah. Isn't that right? And start exercise. See, faith doesn't just develop by feeding. It develops also by exercising it. So those little eagles, man, they're going, they're getting ready. One of these days they're going to take off of that nest and they're going to fly. But see, if they weren't exercising, first of all, they had, to, oh, I got wings. Right? And now I'm growing feathers. And hey, they, hey, look at this. I can go up in the air a little bit. I want to do what mama does. And so they're practicing, and eventually mama comes up there and he pushes them out of the nest. So they, why are they able to do it whenever they first take off? It's because they've been up there exercising. And that's the way it is whenever you go on medicine. Don't just go on it and be lazy. Go on it and start saying, I believe. I, the word of God declares he took my infirmities and bore my sicknesses. See, what you're doing is you're up there in the nest. No, you haven't gotten off the medicine yet. No more than you've gotten that little eagle got off the nest yet. You know, the Holy Ghost gave me that this morning. I was eating breakfast. I said, that's pretty good. I'm going to write that down. And so eventually, though, the Spirit of God will show you when you're ready. And he'll say, okay, you can come off that medication now. Years ago, and you, and you can take off and you can, you can do it without the medication. Um, years ago, I never forget this. Pastor Debbie and I were just getting started in life and, and you, know, you know, marriage life together. And uh, we were, you know, of course, establishing a home and a household. And, of course, we didn't have anything. We were Bible school students and we didn't have furniture. Well, we had furniture, but you wouldn't call it furniture. <laughs> it wasn't that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. But anyway, so we wanted to get some stuff that was really furniture. 
And so we went down to the furniture store and we looked at everything we'd like to get. And I forget what the bill was, $3,000 or something like that. And so we didn't actually buy it that day. We just looked at what we really needed in our house. And uh, we, so we decided, okay, we'll, we'll, we told the man, we'll come back and we'll let you know because uh, he wanted to give us his line of credit and so forth. And so we went home. We, we liked to always, especially bigger back then, especially that was a big purchase. But we always liked to sleep on things and just pray on a little bit. And so we... Uh, and we went home and we prayed and talked to God. I kept saying to the Lord, Lord, should we, should we you know, uh, buy it on credit or should we just believe God? And he never would say anything to me about it. I kept asking him day after day, Lord, should we buy it on credit or should we just believe, just believe God? See, my thinking was it had to be either or. It's either use the credit or use my faith. And he never would say anything to me about it. Finally, after a few days, I said, Lord, you're not saying anything to me about this. Because he wasn't. I was trying to strike up a conversation, but there's no other. You know what I'm talking about? There's times he just doesn't say anything. Finally, I just told him because I'm, I'm asking. I want to know. And he doesn't, he's not bothered by that. I said, Lord, you're not saying anything to me about this. He said, yes, and that's because you're trying to get me to make a decision that only you can make. He said, where's your faith? Well, that answered my question. I knew where I was in faith. I was not at the place I could believe for three, at that time, $3,000. That's good. That's, that to me was big. Here's how you can locate your faith. One way you can locate your faith, what's big to you? Yes. What's big? Oh, that's huge. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Well, see, that's probably, you're not there then if that's big. But once something's not big anymore, you're probably able to take it on. That's one way. We'll get to some, some things. But um, anyway, I said, oh, well, that answers my question. I know where we're at. We, 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 we need to borrow the money from the, you know, he wanted to give us, I think it was 27% interest. Dear God. But anyway, that's where we were. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to have a couch. Yeah. We're going to have a bed to sleep on. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. So we uh, went down there and we signed his form and we uh, got the credit and took, brought the furniture home started making payments. But what we started doing was we started exercising our faith, started believing God. And that's what you can do, whether it comes to medicine or whether it comes to borrowing for something. At least start exercising your faith in the middle of that. Father, I thank you. You supply all our needs and you said that we would lend and not borrow. And you start declaring what your rights and privileges are and start exercising yourself. See, you're the eagle. And what we started doing is we started exercising ourselves. We, we got that thing paid off early. That we didn't go the full term. 27% interest, you don't want to go full term anyway, but if I, if I don't want to, it doesn't mean I have the faith to not do that. So we, we, uh, we actually, we went and, uh, you know, got it paid off early and so forth and so on. But the time came through continuing to exercise our faith. See, what that was doing was, that was Romans, the fourth chapter in the 12th verse. The Bible talks about Abraham, of course, in another arena, but the same faith. He walked in steps of faith. Yeah. If you can't take the whole thing on, you can't swallow the entire elephant, you know what I mean? Then at least take a bite. If you're going to eat that elephant, you better have to start taking bites. (laughs) Am I in the right room this morning? And so what we were doing is we were taking bites, and then we were taking bigger bites and bigger bites, and we were paying extra and so forth and so on. And what we were doing was it wasn't a a borrow money and not use our faith thing. It was borrow it and use our faith on that. Payment faith. And then pay extra faith. Because we were developing ourselves. We were, you know. And and through development, the time came was, next time we bought furniture, we bought furniture for the entire house, except our bedroom set. And we paid for the entire house full of furniture, our new house, big house, put the whole thing cash. 
That's because we didn't just sit there and say, oh, we can't afford it. No, we, 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 we were exercising ourselves. What does that mean? We kept saying our God supplies all our needs. And we lend and don't have to borrow. Amen. And that's where you can go. You take steps of faith and you begin to increase your measure. Oh, I did it. I preached myself happy. Amen. So it's not just what God can do for you. It's what you can receive. Now, the Spirit of God will always, what, what is he saying there? Notice how the Lord led me in that. And I found this to be a way that, that God works with us. The way he led me was, he led me to do what I had faith for. That's how he led me to make my decision. And that's how God will lead you. He will never lead you. Get this. Get this. Don't you ever forget it. He'll never lead you beyond your measure of faith. Now, that doesn't mean he won't show you some things that he's going to have you do in the future. And, and you might not have the faith for what's coming. You understand? But since you don't have the faith for it now, you're not going to do it now. And if you try to step out in it now, you'll flunk, you'll fail, you'll go bankrupt, you'll damage your faith, you know what I'm talking about, and you'll hurt yourself and you'll set yourself back. You see, faith is developed by, from one succession, uh, successive success, or, or let me say it this way, it's built by successive successes, one after another, one degree to another. Amen. Hello. For some reason, I just need you to hook up with me a little better here this morning. One, one success after success. The Bible says we go from faith to faith, not faith to failure or failure to failure. Failing, failing, failing is damaging your faith. If you're out beyond yourself and it's not working, back up. Take a bite. Get it, get it on payments or something like that. And start exercising yourself. And then making two payments and then tripling up on the payments and then... And then get the thing off. See, you developed yourself. Hello. And so faith is built by one successive success after another. Never encourage people, nor am I this morning encouraging you, to do something that you don't have the faith or they don't have the faith for. Because you have the faith for it doesn't mean they have the faith for it. If it's their life, then it's going to have to be their faith. Because Jesus said over and over, according to your faith, be it unto you. Not according to my faith, be it unto you. According to your faith, be it unto you. Amen. Praise God. You getting anything out of this? So never encourage people to do something they don't have the faith for, but ask them, where is your faith? Amen. If you encourage them to step out beyond their faith, then you're going to be responsible for their failure. And you ought to take the consequences that they are suffering on yourself. If you're going to man up. Amen. See, God doesn't even do that. Meet them on their level of faith. What can you believe for? Well, I can believe God that I'll have an operation and it'll go smooth and I'll heal up quick. Well, let's get it all right. Woo-hoo. Yeah. See, some people say, well, that ain't faith. Yes, it is. It's a different measure than maybe where somebody else is, but that's where they are. And if they exercise faith here, you know God will be pleased with that? Because they're, they're staying within their measure. And they're not damaging themselves. Trying to get something they didn't have the faith for, and then they'll end up dying prematurely or something. And then somebody says, see, that faith stuff doesn't work. And then they accuse the church or they, yeah, see that church. They, they're, and then they get offended because they think it's the church. No, it's somebody that didn't measure right. That's right. That's good. 
You know, the person that is driving a car that doesn't keep, doesn't keep gas in the tank and runs out of gas, yeah. it's not the car's fault, it's not that's the right. gas's fault, that's right. it's not the gas station's fault, on, right. it's the person that was supposed to put the measure of gas in that's to get them right. to where they were going's yeah. fault. So don't, don't sell your car because you keep running out of gas. That's, that'd be stupid, wouldn't that be stupid? Pardon my blunt, you know, country boy English. <laughs> Amen. Well, see, you'd be a fool to, you know, leave the church because you didn't know how to measure your faith. Well, I tried that faith business and it didn't work. No, you just didn't know that you needed a greater measure than what you That's were exercising there. Now, we need to let God define where our measure is and not the devil define where our measure is. Because he will never tell you, get this, you ready for this? He will never tell you, you got the faith for this. He'll always say, nah, you don't have enough, you don't have enough. So you can't let the devil define how much faith you have. This is a danger area of what I'm talking about. Don't let him tell you where you're at because he'll never tell you you have enough. He'll always de uh, define your measure as not enough. Yes. Yes. Amen? Yes. Now, we're going to tell you how to measure it, but just hold on to I get to some of these other truths here that God's, God's given me. Amen. Now, what we've got to recognize is that God will always lead you within your measure. Amen. He can do more than what you have a measure of faith for, yeah. but he'll not lead you into what he can do. He'll lead you into what you have a measure for. Amen. Amen. Notice how God led me in my decision of buying that furniture. He led me to make my decision based on or in line with my measure of faith. That's good preaching right there. He led me to stay within my measure of faith and he will never lead you beyond that. Because that would lead you out into failure and God, the Spirit of God, is not leading you into failure. Sometimes people say, well, God led me to do this. Well, I notice it's not working out for you. So it wasn't God. Come on, man up and acknowledge that was just my lust of my flesh. I wanted it and I wanted it now. Amen. If it's faith, it'll work. Now, don't misunderstand me. God will lead you. See, you, you develop a budget and you've got, uh, you know, X number of dollars coming in, so you need to budget based on what's coming in and so forth and so on. I mean, normally, generally speaking, that's the case. And so what, what you've got to do then is you've got to say, all right, now, if I have X number of dollars, let's just round it to $3,000 coming in a month, then I've got, uh, you know, 3000 to work with, less the tithe, yeah. you know. So you got, and then if you want to, you know, I always, we always plan on offerings. Some people plan, don't plan on that, but Bible teaches tithes and offerings. We always plan on tithes and offerings off the top. Okay, what do we got left? We got a certain amount of money left. So I need to be able to, I need to be able to, uh, you know, be sober about what I've got to work with here. Isn't that right? I mean, this is just basic math here. But there are times whenever you see what you have to work with, and so that, that will uh, be what you want to be sober about. But there'll be times God will say, but you can have that house right over there. You know, you got four kids and they're sleeping in, you know, bunk beds, two in one room. God might lead you that you can have something better. So you go figure it up and you figure it out, okay, well, really to, to own that house, we would need another $500 a month coming in. Once you get the payment and the insurance and the taxes and all of that, you know, we would need that. Plus you need to plan on a little bit of repair because right, right. if you've rented and never owned, you need to know that you need some repair money. Just a little wisdom, that's pastoral preaching right there. But anyway, so you look at that and you're going to need another $500 a month. 
But God says, see, now your budget says you can't have it, yeah. but God's leading you to get it. Yeah, come on, come on. That's different. Yeah, yeah. He's not leading you within your budget. He's leading you within your faith. Yeah. So what you know now is you're going to have to have faith for $500 a month coming from somewhere you don't know where it's coming from. God will do things like that, but he'll not lead you. And then people do that, and then they say, well, it's not working. Well, then God didn't lead you. I'm just here to tell you this morning, because I love you, and I'm your pastor. God didn't lead you. If it's not working, God didn't lead you. You just did that. Pastor Debbie and I understand this, that we don't have to live within our budget. We live within our faith. And that doesn't mean we're borrowing a dime any month. We haven't, you know, we haven't borrowed money for, I don't remember the last time we borrowed money. Amen. Yes, to hear you. I'm living within my faith, yeah. but it's beyond my budget. Amen. Come on. Amen. That's good. Yeah. Amen. Hello. Yeah. People don't recognize that God will stretch them, not in a negative way, you know. They'll, they'll, but He'll stretch them out beyond their budget sometimes, but not beyond their faith. Now, if He's leading you, He knows you have the faith for that, because He's not leading you into failure. And if you didn't have the faith for it, He wouldn't be leading you. What God did with me buying that furniture, he led me within where I had faith, within my measure of faith. And it worked. Praise God. Now, later on, uh, there there are some things that uh, will take up all of your faith to do it. And you need to ask yourself the question, is this a priority because I won't have faith for other things here? Is this something that's going to get me forward, move me forward on the plan of God? Some things God will lead you to use all your faith on one thing, and that means cutting out some of these other things you had your faith on. Because it's a step for you to get into the plan of God for your life. So there are some things that He'll do that with you on. But you need to be careful about that because you need some faith, always, like you need money left over for some other things in case they come up. You need to have some extra faith laying aside over here. You don't want to be maxing it out all the time because you need to, you need to use it on things that might come up. You understand what I'm talking about? Uh, there are some things God will not let one person use all their faith on and everybody else gets to ride, like, like, like a local, local church. When we, there was a building, uh, I think now a couple years ago, that Pastor Debbie and I saw that we really liked for Spirit of Faith Family Church. And the Lord put it in my heart that if we got it, uh, the congregation wasn't going to be there in faith. But he said to us, we could get it. We could get that building. But he said, it's going to take up all your faith. You could get it, but it's going to take up all of it. And the Lord said to me later, he said, I need some of your faith for some other things. So there was my answer. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. Amen. He's not going to let me, number one, he's not going to let me use all of my faith and the congregation's not using his faith. Some things are like that. Like the daycare here. I'm, I'm, I'm just breaking it to him nicely, but I'm not using my faith for the daycare over there. That's not, I'm not taking my faith where I've got to use it to pastor Spirit of Faith Family Church and give it, yeah. take all, some of that and put it on the daycare. Yeah. I've got some other things I've got to yeah. put my faith yeah. on. Amen. And they're doing a great job. Yeah. Praise Amen. God. Some of you other department heads ought to get a hold of that. It'll help you keep your position. <laughs> anyway, shoop, right over their head. Amen. Are you bringing your faith or are you just bringing your body to the department you're working in? We're looking for people of faith that can take projects on and say, hey, I'll bring my faith to that pastor. You can take your faith off of that. You can use your faith on some things like the next building and, and some things like that. Oh, that shouting makes me want to. Are you there? You're going home. 
So, praise God, we're learning about the measure and staying within our measure. Amen. Now, like I said, he may lead you to go beyond where your budget is, but not beyond where your faith is. He'll only lead you, though, within your faith. Amen. If the faith isn't there, he'll not lead you because he's not leading you into failure. Now, faith is built, like I said, by successive successes. You need some victories under your belt. If you, if you start using it on a pair of socks or a pair of shoes, get that victory under your belt and then start taking on something bigger. Amen. Amen. According to your faith, it'll be unto you. Praise God. Now, think about this with, with some of these things in mind. Um, your measure is whenever you use it, it's not available for anything else. So be sober about where you are. How do I know where I'm at when it comes to my measure? Yeah. Romans, go over there to the 15th chapter, and let's wrap this up, or begin to wrap this up. Everybody look at your neighbor and say, we're getting a lot of good food here. Just some practical things I think that would, just, just this pastoral preaching is what this is. Romans, the 15th chapter, notice with me. Verse number 13 here. He said, Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. Fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Right there's your measuring stick. Where? Where? Right there. Where's my measuring stick? Right there. Where is your joy level and where is your peace level? If I have peace about this, and joy, and not worry. Now, here's what happened when we bought our first house in Tulsa. We had rented several different, well, yeah, I think several is the proper word, all through the city, so different apartments. We're like, that's it. God's dealing with us. We need, we need to buy something here. So uh, I was out of town on a trip, and Pastor Debbie saw this, this house, and, uh, and we liked it, and it set well with us. And we were still learning about some of these things, but God used it anyway. We had peace about it. But um, the down payment was uh, $16,000. $16,000. You know how you got to get into a loan, you got to put a certain amount down. So we needed $16,000, which was uh, 16000 more than we had. I mean, we had money, but it was designated for certain things, you know. You got to pay the bills. <laughs> so... Um, here we go, we're, we're, we just had peace about it, so we said, okay, we're going to believe God. It took, it took every ounce of faith that we had to get that $16,000. And whenever we did get it, we had to pull it out of every account we had. Yeah. I mean, every account went down to zero. You know what I'm talking about? And we had to, it took everything we had to get that money in time to the bank. Yeah. But we got it. Yeah. But it took all our faith. I mean, it took me, I was waking up, I was waiting up in the nighttime and thoughts were coming to me. What did you do? You promised the bank by a certain time you'd have it. You know, you don't want to lead people on and then go and say, well, I don't have the money. And I mean, all those thoughts coming to me. But I resisted them and I spoke to them. But here's what I'm saying. It took every ounce of faith that we had. Now, that should have been an indication of things to come. (laughs) Because that house was not an easy house to keep the payments paid on. See, we were, we were maxed out on our faith. We never bought furniture for that place. I mean, we had the furniture we brought from our apartment, but it wasn't enough for every room, you know. 
we, we, just, we were just maxed out. Now, God used it because we were exercising to the max, but it was the toughest house we've ever lived in to pay, pay the payments on. Yeah, that's good, Pastor. You understand what I'm talking about? We were, we were completely maxed out. Now, um, the next time, though, we kept exercising ourselves, kept exercising ourselves. The next time, we just decided that we're going to wait for the Lord to lead us again. And the Lord did lead us. But my mentality, because of what we had done with the last house, wasn't there when we bought the house we live in now. Because we moved here, we just rented a house. Anybody learn anything from this? We rented a house. I just told the Lord, I really don't care. I don't want to do what we did in Tulsa. I don't want to, I don't want to max yeah. ourselves out yeah. on our house. Amen. I mean, if, you're, if the only thing you have the faith for is just your house payment, I mean, you're kind of living be, below the barrels, basically what you're doing. And you don't want to do that. Um, so I, I just wasn't interested in doing that again. So whenever we saw that, I had peace in my heart about the development when we drove into it. But it took me, how long was it? Four or six months? to go back there and look again. She went back and looked in the development. She found the house. Yeah, we had ministry pay, to pay for and staff and everything. We were putting it, I mean, we were maxed out. We, <laughs> you know, we used everything we had to stay in the ministry and stay in that house. Well, I didn't want to do that again, so we got here and we just rented a place. It really wasn't much of a house as far as, you know, what I'm used to. But uh, anyway, so I said, Lord, I, you, you just tell us whatever. I'm, I'm focused on the church. That's all I really care about right now. So, but one day I pulled out of the house and I'm driving down up the street to get out of our development and the Spirit of God spoke to me. I don't remember if I was talking to somebody on the phone or I told him something about I'm leaving the, our house or something. I don't remember what I had done or said. But I got off the phone. I think it was on the phone. And, and the Lord spoke to me and he said, Now, don't ever call that your house again. Ooh, something's up. Something's up. So he was, I'm getting a leading now. See, he knows where I'm at in faith. What was it, two years we lived there, I think? So now I'm getting a leading. So I told Pastor Debbie, the Lord just spoke and said, don't call this our house. It wasn't ours. We were renting, but you know how you call it yours. So I said, we're not going to call that ours anymore. God has something for us that's ours. Well, God, yeah, thank you, Jesus. Amen. Well, God led us, and we, we were down there. Actually, somebody told us about the development, said, you ought to look down there. Well, we drove through it, liked it. Yeah. I had the peace of God in my heart. But my, my head was, remember that house down in Tulsa? I didn't want to do that again. But see, because it was even nicer than the one in Tulsa. And houses are higher in price here than they are in Tulsa. Down south, you can buy a lot more house for a lot less money. <laughs> you know? So... Uh, anyway, so I just kind of dismissed it. Yeah. Now, my faith was there, but my mentality wasn't thinking in those terms because I'm thinking I don't want to max ourselves out again right. way to the max of where we are in faith. Right. So it took me, I think it's four to six months to go back there. She was liking it, wanted to go back there. And we actually put a bid on another one and that fell through because somebody else had a bid in front of us and so forth and so on. But she went back there finally and she said, um, I'd like you to come look at this house. I said, all right. So I went back there and I had peace about it. I said, all right. But see, now the Lord knew where we were in faith. Yeah, that's good. And we got into, you know, the thing is the easiest, and it's much more house and much more payment than the other one. But in Tulsa, but that's been the easiest thing in the world. Easiest thing in the world I've ever paid for. We pay extra every month. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because why? I kept developing my faith. Kept developing my faith. Kept developing my faith. Are you getting anything out of this this morning? I didn't just stay lazy. I kept developing my faith. Hallelujah. This is good help. If you need help, this is good help. So don't ever accuse somebody's measure. Don't let the devil accuse your measure. Just keep exercising it. Keep feeding it. 
and it'll grow. Amen. Financially, if you're going to buy something, you need to have the right measure. Yeah. Same thing true with faith. If you're, going to, if you're going to get something from God, you're going to have to have the measure of faith to receive it. Now, if, you, if it's a $10 item, you might have the measure of money in your wallet to go buy. If it's a $10,000 item, you might not. You might, but you might not. So you might decide, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to believe for, for uh, uh, you know, $1,000 on it. Amen. So you believe for $1,000, it comes in. If that's, if that's easy to you, you have joy and peace there. You don't start wringing your hands there. Remember, joy and peace and believing. Let's say your faith is a yardstick, and it's, it's a yard long. Or you lay it down, and you can go a yard. Do you know that according to that verse, joy and peace and believing, that he's telling you that if your faith goes a yard, then your joy and peace will go to the end of that yard as well. That's what he's telling you. If you have joy and you have peace in your heart about it, you know now where your faith is. And you can go up to there and whoo, whoo, glory to God, whoo, getting blessed, and it's working for you. See, people that are believing for something and it's been years and years to get a Diet Coke or whatever, something small, you know. <laughs> Yeah. I'm trying to help you to stay awake here. They're beyond their measure. Because when it's faith, it works. So back up. Somebody said faith doesn't back up. Yes, it does. It, it, you have to be sober about your measure. Some of us need to stop going to the max on all our stuff and start recognizing, I want some faith available to give to the church. Or to give to the work of God. So, where do you have joy about? If you start thinking about buying that or, you know, let's say, having that operation or something, then uh, does, do you have joy and peace there? Yeah. If you have joy and peace, that's where you, sh that's where you should go to that point no further. When you go beyond that, you start, ah, you're, you're sweating and you're thinking about it and you're, ah, you know. Come on now. You have to go to the level of your joy and your peace. Praise God. Over time, keep increasing it, and you'll be able to take on more without being fretful and anxious about it. Amen. Everybody's getting this this morning? So we've got to recognize that we can walk with with joy in certain realms, even if it's beyond what, what our financial statement says we should be able to do. If we have peace about something, we can go to where we have peace. Somebody said, I did that and it didn't work. Then you, you, you just did it yourself. It wasn't God. Because he will not lead you beyond your peace. And whenever, go over to Colossians chapter number three. We'll wrap it up here. I'm like Paul. You read Philippians and halfway through he said, finally. <laughs> No, we're almost done. I'm just showing you some things that will help you here. Look at Colossians 3, verse 15. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also you are called in one body, and be ye thankful. Let the peace of God rule. Now, the Amplified says, let it act as an umpire. Isn't that what it says? Let it act as an umpire, deciding and settling with finality all questions that arise in your heart and mind in that peaceful state. So make decisions in, in according to what you have peace about, even financial decisions. Because if you, if you start, ah, that's a little much to take on right now. Yes, come on. You know, we just bought one new car. Now we're buying. We're, we're going to buy a new house. Uh -huh. Whoo, man, I, I'm not there. Well, don't get don't get down on yourself. That's right. That's right. Now you just don't have peace about it. Right. You don't have. You can't have joy about it for yeah. thinking about how we're going to pay for that. Right. Right. That's good. That's good. 
You're always sweating. The devil's always hounding you about it. Well, then back up to where you have peace. Where you have joy. It's not a, it's not a worrisome thing to you anymore. Once you find where that is, then now you know where you are in faith. And God will not lead you to go beyond that, even though he might want you to have some other things, but he'll not lead you to go beyond that because he would damage your faith if he, went, if he got you out into that. He knows where you are, and you can locate yourself by walking by what you have joy and what you have peace for. Amen. Amen. So, if it's God, it'll work. Amen. Amen. If God says you can have something and your budget says you can't, then you can actually take it and it'll work for you. It won't be, won't be you, you know, dinging the church or dinging your mom or your dad for money every month. Amen. Amen. Now, he'll put pressure on your faith. Yes. But it's not a negative pressure, a worrisome pressure. It's a positive pressure to reach and believe for more. Amen. Amen. So go with God. Go with the peace of God. Before, uh, before we uh, uh, finish, let's, let's talk about Isaiah 55, 12. It says, you shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. Notice that. Be led forth with peace. Notice it's joy. You shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. Isaiah 55, 12. It's, that it's joy and peace that we're to be led by. Yeah. And it's also joy and peace that tells us where our faith is. Isn't that a coincidence? Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, the reason that that is is because God will not lead you beyond your faith. Good. That's what he's telling you there. Amen. He'll not lead you beyond it. He'll lead you sometimes to stretch it. Right. Amen. 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 But he'll not lead you beyond it. Yeah. Amen. 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 What is it that you have joy and what you have peace about? Now, sometimes, you know, because people say, I need to hear from God, I need to hear from God. Pastor Debbie and I don't really wait on a voice or something like that to get God's direction. We just wait. We just look for where we have peace about yes. this. Amen. Amen. Hold up your hand and make this confession. Say, peace, peace. is God's leading me. That's Bible truth. Isn't that Bible truth? If it's peace, that's God leading you. If it's beyond, well, can you, can you uh, believe for not having the operation? And then they start getting tense. I've talked to people. I've worked with them. And I was encouraging them. God's the healer. He'll take care of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they couldn't. Well, so I back up. What do you have peace about? I have peace to have the operation. All right, let's hook up there. See, a, a person who's encouraging you, trying to get you to take a step of faith, is not somebody that's against you. They, yeah. They're probably just, they love you and want as much for you as God has for yeah, you. That's good, Pastor. Don't think that they're an enemy, right. but just know that you can't take, you, they're not the umpire. Yeah. They're not the ones deciding and settling with finality all questions that arise in your heart and mind. It's the peace of God. They might want more for you than, they, than you have faith for, but that doesn't mean that you have the faith for it. And ultimately, it's your faith that makes you whole, not their faith that makes you whole. And it's going to be according to your faith that you receive from God. Amen? So they, they're not bad people. They just want the best God has for you. But maybe you don't have the faith for the best God has for you. Well, then uh, God himself won't lead you to go beyond your faith. So spiritual people won't lead you either. They'll not try to get you to go beyond your faith. If they can see you're choking, then they'll say, okay, let's back up to where you're... Yeah, you ever you ever started thinking about buying something and you're ah, you know you're trying, then you're not there. Amen. I'm not talking about peace in your mind. There's times we do things that we have no peace in our mind. Our mind is going, you're gonna do what? But down here we have peace. Yes, 
So you have to know the difference between down here and up here. Yes, amen. Most things we do in faith, our head is going, what? You're not, right. no, no. Yeah. But all right, down here we got, no, yeah. it's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. Amen. And so these are things you have to learn in your walk with God. Don't accuse God of failures that you have experienced. Amen. Just know that you didn't measure right. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. What do I mean? Every, every time you go beyond your faith, you're going to damage your faith. That doesn't encourage or edify your faith. Yeah. Yeah. Amen? Amen? Now, if you can do it easily, you're not laying too much on your faith. But if it's a stress and a worry thing, then you're probably laying too much on your faith. If it's not working, you're laying too much on your faith. If it's been years and it's not working, then you're laying too much on your faith. If it's within your measure, it'll show up quickly. That encourages and strengthens you in faith, and it doesn't damage it and makes you want to believe God for something else because you got a success under your belt. You look on your gun, you got a notch. Wow, yeah. Next. <laughs> Isn't that right? That's the way it is with faith. It encourages you to, to see God come through for you. Amen. Amen. See, it's not about, did you receive the whole thing all at once? Yeah, yeah. It's about, are you doing anything with your faith where you are right now? Yeah. Amen. Don't be a moocher always looking to other people. Develop your faith. Amen. Learn to receive from God on your own. Yeah. Amen. You can't just set a rule for every person and say, well, in this particular situation, this is how God led me, so this is what you ought to do. Well, the reason God led you that way in that situation because you had the faith for it. That's right. But you can't set a hard and fast rule for everybody. This is what they should do in this situation because God's going to lead them according to their faith. If they try to do what you did, they're not following the, the peace of God. They're following you. They're making you the umpire. And that's not what God said we're to follow. Amen. The Spirit will lead you according to your measure. I've said that. So take your measure and don't sit there and boo-hoo about your measure. Start working it. Start exercising it. Use your faith on purpose. Amen. Amen. So whenever you're helping, you're helping other people, always ask them where they are in faith. Because it's not according to your faith, it's according to their faith. Amen. Amen. In, the, um, in the game, in the baseball game, when the umpire says safe or out or whatever, he is the final authority. He's the one that makes the decision. Now, you might not agree with it. You might throw a fit about it. Whatever. <laughs> but his word stands. And that's the way it is. Whenever mama's saying the other thing, mama's saying something else, uh, grandma's saying something else, down at the job they're saying something else, your spouse is saying something else, but in here you don't have the peace. The peace is the final authority. Decides and settles with finality all questions that arise in your heart and mind. They might be wanting more for you because they love you, but see, you can't, you can't receive according to where they are. You can only receive according to where you are. Amen. But you do what you have faith for, it won't be long. You'll be up to where you want to be in some other things. Without exercising it, you'll never get there. Amen. Did you get anything out of this this morning? Say it out loud. Faith is the only currency in the kingdom of heaven that's legal tender. It's the only thing God honors in exchange for goods and services. I like that, don't you? That just, that'll preach a long, 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 long time. But we'll finish for this morning. Praise the Lord. You realize that um, in, the, in the kingdom of heaven, faith is the currency and 
legal tender means it's the only thing God honors, like in our system. So don't think that without this message, you can just live a good Christian life. Because God's not honoring other things. He's honoring faith. Amen. I like that. That helps me. These illustrations help me a whole bunch. And I tried to illustrate some things we've been through. You know, you're in faith school. You're learning about faith. The Lord told Brother Hagin years ago, I've taught you faith through certain experiences you've go, I've, I've, I've taken you through and my word. Yes. And my word and certain experiences you've gone through. Yes. In other words, God taught him to walk by faith. And you and I are in faith school. We're learning how to use our faith. And I tell you, whenever we use it right, it works. Amen. Praise the Lord. If you would like more information about Pastor Jay Everly's ministry, please visit us on the web at soffc.org or call us at 319-366-2147 or you can write to us at Spirit of Faith Family Church, Post Office Box 8355, Cedar Rapids, Iowa, 52408. And remember, God loves you and you're equipped to live victoriously in every area of life.